Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Let's put the spotlight because it's getting round to that time of year. The pallets are being collected on the bonfires. And I want to speak to Jimmy Bryson from unionistvoice.com. Uh, Jimmy, good morning. Good morning. A new unionist cultural collective being set up. What is the full term for this uh, th- this new collective? Uh, it's the East uh, Belfast Cultural Collective. Yes, that's correct. Yes, it's a, it's a collection of, I think, 13 uh, bonfires uh, within the East Belfast area and, and cultural groups who, who have come together to uh, provide a strategic voice uh, for, for those bonfires and somewhat of a, a joined-up approach um, and strategic vision as to, to how best to celebrate uh, unionist culture and also react as a, an advocacy group uh, for all of those bonfires to, to prevent smaller uh, bonfires who may not have the capacity to adequately represent their concerns to, to, to prevent them from being isolated uh, in terms of engagement with statutory agencies and other bodies. So I think it's a very positive step. Uh, and I think if you had the, the statement put out by the group yesterday, they reaffirmed their commitment to the positive uh, celebration of unionist culture and to lawful activism. And I think, uh, you know, when, it, when you have people uh, making such a, an affirmation uh, and committing themselves to lawful activism, I think I think that has to be welcomed uh, in all quarters. And what's positive about the Bloomfield Walkway bonfire and the Clune Place bonfire, which was in the middle of the road that the police had to remove? Well, the Clune Place bonfire is not part of the, the collective group, but in relation to, to last year, there was a lot of positive work uh, was was ongoing. There, uh, without doubt, was an issue with a number uh, of bonfires. But if you read the independent report by independent mediators, and it's not me saying this, uh, it was independent mediators uh, acknowledged the work uh, that loyalists done on the ground uh, to try and defuse the situation. And actually, you know, I think there's serious questions for how the PSNI and statutory agencies uh, handled that uh, last year. I think it undermined a lot of the good work. Uh, this year, I think there's going to be somewhat of a change. I don't think you're going to see a bonfire of that size uh, nor stature uh, at the walkway, and you certainly aren't going to see anything that's going to endanger anybody's homes. And, and I think people accepted uh, you know, that there was an issue with the walkway bonfire last year. However, uh, when statutory agencies took such an aggressive approach, it, it made it very difficult uh, to people uh, for people to move uh, in relation to that. Well, when you say statutory agencies took such an aggressive approach, all I can remember is a bonfire which put at risk people's homes and another bonfire where those who were employed to dismantle it uh, had to wear hoods so as they wouldn't be under threat from from loyalists. Well, they chose to, the masked men chose to come in uh, wearing hoods. Nobody knew they were coming. They, they essentially invaded the place now, now let, let's take us back to where we were at this, at this stage last year. There was ongoing discussions. The fire service felt the bonfire was uh, was manageable. Uh, the, the department who owned the land, the, the Department of Infrastructure, they felt uh, that the bonfire was manageable. Uh, and the only people who wanted to 
to, to ask this issue were Belfast City Council, uh, who then dragged the PSNI into it, uh, who, who had to, to put, I think, over 200 officers on the ground. And this, this was at a time when dissident Republicans were firing shots at police in London Day, and we seen a police operation in East Belfast. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. It was apocalyptic. And I think the independent report raised serious questions as to uh, how the PSNI were pulled into that and to whose agenda uh, they were actually working, because there was ongoing discussions uh, and it was the police wanted to move in, uh, and the independent mediators are clear in the report that, that loyalists were engaged in positive discussions to look about how to reduce the size of the bonfire and to find a positive solution for everybody. And it was, uh, well, I obviously won't name the individual, but a senior senior official within Belfast City Council and uh, the PSNI who then uh, pressed on with such an aggressive uh, approach, which undermined community relations uh, by you know, set things back by many years. So I think it's positive that, that the loyalist community are back at the table, uh, are back trying to do things positively after what was an egregious assault. Uh, on their culture and community last year, especially in East Belfast. Yeah, and of course, uh, council officials and members of the PSNI would say that they had to do the common sense thing to protect life, limb and property because those bonfires were absolutely outrageous. What can we do this year, if you're well-intentioned on this, Jamie, and the other people of the collective? What can they do to ensure that those bonfires, those controversial bonfires, which tend to be in East Belfast, what can be done to ensure that they are much more in keeping with bonfires where people are having a good night's crack as opposed to being a risk to life, limb and property? I think I think it's a, it's a common sense approach. People need to be sensible in relation to uh, the location of their bonfires uh, and be the size and stature of them so they don't endanger anybody's homes. You know, I, I don't think you're going to find any loyalist well, any unionist that's going to seriously say, well, look, we, we want to endanger the homes uh, or the lives or the property of our own community, that would be absolute insanity. So I think it's a, it's a common sense uh, approach. But by the same... Well, let, let me put this to you. Let me put this to you. Should bonfires ever be built where someone has to board up the windows of their own house for fear of the house catching fire or the windows breaking with the heat? Well, I think there has been traditional bonfires for many years. And while there are traditional bonfires, I would be in favour of maintaining those traditional bonfires. But I think bonfires and bonfire culture should be celebrated in a manner that does not endanger uh, your own community. But to go back to the point you said about controversial bonfires uh, in East Belfast, uh, every single year there's a new controversial bonfire because those, especially Alliance and Sinn Féin on Belfast City Council, are setting out to controversialise bonfires because the ultimate objective is to do away with bonfires. And we, we, no, we but Jimmy, that Jimmy, Alliance, hold on, Alliance and Sinn Féin may raise the issue. I'm not debating that with you. But the point is, the bonfires are becoming monstrous. Like, I'm old enough to remember bonfires developing during the years. There's a bonfire there, far, not far from what used to be Day's Hotel, which is gigantic. It, it, it's damaging very expensive properties that are cheek by jowl with it. The one on the walkway, gigantic. I can't think of a better uh, a, a better word than than that for it. It's ginormously gi- gigantic. Is is this all about trying to show that you can build it bigger and bigger and bigger until something drastic does happen? Well, well. Firstly, the bonfire at the, the I think the days will tell you the referring to. It's not part of the collective group. I can't speak for that bonfire. A bonfire can speak for themselves. 
but as I say... I know, but you, you know what it's like. On, on, Surely, but on, Jamie, with that bonfire down close to that hotel, is that an acceptable sort of bonfire to build? Uh, look, I'm, I'm, I, for a start, I am not. That, that particular bonfire group and the individuals that build that bonfire are not part of this collective. I actually don't know the individuals, so I'm not going to come on the radio and start condemning somebody else's bonfire or calling for, for this, that, and the other. As far as I'm concerned, I'm here to talk about the particular bonfires, the 13 bonfires, which are part of this collective group. Those, those are the bonfires which I can confidently speak on. In relation to other bonfires, you know, it's, it, it's not my business nor my responsibility and nor would I be, be speaking on behalf of those bonfires. So, you know, those groups can speak for themselves. I wouldn't presume to speak for them. Okay, but, but you're hoping the with the collective, you're hoping with the collective to bring the bonfires under your umbrella under some form of, well, not my, of, of not control. My well, under the collective's umbrella. You're trying to you're trying to address the issue. Would you would you not suggest to the people there at Sandy Row that maybe they should try and address that particular one as well? Well, no, because what you're trying to do is you're trying to walk me into some kind of confrontation with another bonfire or to put to create some kind of division. Uh, what I would say is that I I think that all. Uh, bonfire groups, all cultural groups within the Protestant Unionist and Loyalist community should uh, work together on, on a common approach to try and uh, develop and protect uh, unionist culture. Uh, and, and, you know, if there's a number of bonfires in South Belfast or North Belfast or, or other areas that, that can come together and find common ground in the same manner that the, uh, the, the cultural collective has, has then that, that's fantastic and that's something that I would absolutely advocate. But it's not, it's not my place uh, to advise or to, to tell uh, other bonfires uh, what to do. As they say, the 13 bonfires are part of the cultural collective. That's a group, uh, that's the bonfires that have co- come into that joined up approach uh, at, the, at this point in time. And those are the bonfires that, that I can advocate on behalf of and the wider group uh, can ad- advocate on behalf of. And obviously, if there's more bonfires that wish to you know, come on board with that, and that's absolutely fantastic. But, but I don't think we should be creating a situation where you know we we have we're dividing or pitting bonfire groups or communities against each other because I don't think that's uh, in any way helpful. As I say, I support the 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 the, the main, uh, maintaining and the expression of unionist culture and of bonfire culture, and, and it should be done in a manner that does not endanger our own communities and, and can engender and win the, the, the best possible support uh, for the expressions of unionist culture because bonfires and all aspects of unionist culture are under an increasing assault uh, from what I would describe as, as a pan-nationalist movement and especially with the numbers in Belfast City Hall. Now, I think you're only going to see that getting worse with, with Sinn Féin Alliance and the SDLP coming together to target and controversialise and, and try and criminalise every aspect of unionist culture. Okay, but let, let's look at the reality on the ground, Jamie, regardless of who the politicians are. There are bonfires that you're ignoring, mm-hmm. Sandy Row and Cluan Place, which were beyond belief well, the that, size I'm, of them. I'm, and I'm, and no, for no, one no, of them, on. where, where both of them was built is also beyond belief. One hold of them on. in the middle I'm of the not, road, I'm, the other against people's apartments. And you're not I'm prepared not. to suggest that no. if those guys came no. on board with you, let's say you're doing really good work, if those guys came on board with you, that would help people understand the well, unionist tradition of building these bonfires. Let, 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 let me make two points. The first one, it's not a case of coming on board with me. This is not my group. This is a collective group of, of many people. So it's not me. It's not my group. It's a collective group. Uh, what what in relation to other bonfires? I cannot speak for those bonfires. They're not part of of the cultural collective, and it's not not my place or my role to, to speak for them. Those bonfires can speak for themselves, and I would encourage people from those bonfires to to get the right together. together. To find, to, no, no, to come together to find a, a spokesperson, somebody who can advocate 
on their behalf, and I would absolutely encourage that. But I'm not about to come on the radio and start and start uh, going against oil bonfires or, or presuming to tell oil bonfires how they should conduct themselves. That is a matter for those particular communities. Uh, and, and as I say, I think they should find somebody to advocate or a group okay. to advocate on their okay. behalf. Okay, so and, just and, just and, briefly and then. Positive. Okay, so the ones that you have responsibility for or the collective are so interested I well, in. I don't think I don't. I, okay, I don't but the, the ones that you're the it's ones not that you responsibility. It, okay, it's a collective advocacy group. It's not taking okay. responsibility for bonfires. Right, the ones that yeah, the yeah, ones that you're giving advice yeah. on, the ones that you'd like to address. What sort of improvement will we see this eleventh night? Well, if you look at the the. the this Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Majority of bonfires last year, there was no issues in relation to them. There were issues with, with uh, the only bonfire within the collective that there was issues with uh, was the walkway. I think that's, that's been addressed. I don't think you're not going to see a bonfire of that size or scale on the walkway that's not going to endanger anybody's home or property. So that's an improvement. And of course, there was improvements last year uh, and there was ongoing negotiations and that was undermined by one particular official in Belfast City Hall and uh, the PSNI, who took a very aggressive approach. But I think what you have is if you have groups who are coming together as a collective of people and it empowers people and it builds the capacity of the community and I think that that can only be, that can only be wel- welcomed. And what we want to do is uh, through the East Belfast Community Initiative, which is the, the umbrella group uh, that, has, that has pulled this collective together, I think what, what the initiative wants to do is to create an environment where we can empower and encourage people from within the grassroots unionist community to, to speak for themselves, to advocate uh, within their, on their own behalf uh, and, and, and can come and articulate themselves in the media and can engage for statutory agencies. And I think building that community capacity and that confidence and enhancing that within the grassroots unionist community is something that can only, A, be positive for our community, but, but B, be positive for wider society whenever you have a strong and vibrant uh, community who can advocate uh, on behalf of themselves and articulate their own viewpoints. Okay, who's in the collective? Well, there's 13 bonfires. I think there was a statement about yesterday, and I don't know off the top of my head, but it, it lists the, the 13 particular uh, bonfire groups. And it's it's bonfire groups, standalone bonfire groups, no other groups or agencies within the community, just the bonfire builders? Is that the collective? Well, well it's, 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 it's a group which is set up to advocate in relation to the concerns and on behalf of bonfires. So, and, and obviously it, it will also deal with all the cultural issues uh, where those bonfire groups and the cultural groups can have an impact for it, such as uh, flags uh, and other issues. But in relation, to, in relation to this, it is set up to advocate on behalf of bonfires. So naturally, uh, the membership of the group is going to be bonfire groups because who else is going to advocate for bonfires? 
Any advice from other groups or agencies? Any input from paramilitaries? Any uh, direction from the UVF? Why, why would there be a direction from the UVF? Why, why, why would you ask that question? Because they have a very strong presence in East Belfast and they've expressed their interest in bonfires and flags before. But I, I'm still not following as to why you would ask that question in relation to these bonfires. Are you saying that the individuals involved in these bonfires are paramilitaries? Absolutely not. I'm asking you if the paramilitaries well, gave an opinion the on the what the collective was doing. Why would the paramilitaries be given an opinion into the expression of unionist culture and to ordinary people trying to uh, create a voice for themselves and advocate on their behalf? Why, why, why would paramilitaries be wanting to interfere in that? Would you reject any advice from the paramilitaries? Uh, the paramilitaries haven't offered any advice. Uh, and why would they offer any advice? Uh, what this is, is you attempting to turn these bonfires into paramilitary bonfires. And I think that's entirely offensive firstly, to the, the ordinary and the decent people and the community activists who are involved in these bonfires. So I think it's actually outrageous that you would insinuate in some way that these are paramilitary bonfires or people with paramilitary links. Uh, and I think you should actually retract that because that, that's, that's the implication of your question. No, that's what you're saying, Jamie. I'm asking you if the paramilitary mm. groups give any advice or any input into the future of the bonfires in East Belfast. Have they? Well, look, what else, what else is this? Uh, the loyalist organisations have committed themselves to positive transformation. Uh, and if that includes ex-combatants and people who may have been involved in loyalist organisations from which, whatever background during the period of the conflict, those loyalist organisations, I think it was through the Loyalist Communities Council and I think the, the groups themselves have put out statements over the years, have committed themselves publicly to positive transformation and to community development and, and, and to all that sort of, sort, sort of positive uh, transitional work. Uh, and therefore, if ex-combatants or people from a loyalist background wanted to positively engage in community activism or to offer advice, advice or assistance in the context of positive transformational work, what would be the issue with that? Okay, Jamie. Yeah, in government. Jamie Bryson, uh, thank you very much for your time this morning. Thank you, thank you. Jamie Bryson from unionistvoice.com um, Good morning, this is the U105 phone-in. Stan, as a quick point, good morning, Stan. Hello, Stan. First of all, what of first of all, our city going to do it on Sunday? Oh, absolutely, Stan. I have, I have yes, no, well, I have I no doubt. So. I have no doubt. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. But what was your point about the bonfires? So am I. Right. Um, when I was growing up in the seventies, we had a, it was a bonfire on every street corner, every single street corner, and I think that's the way we should go back to. You know, one bonfire, a sensible size, at every corner. I loved collecting wood for the bonfire when I was a kid. You know, making huts and staying out and guarding your wood against other ones stealing it and whatever. You know, things are, I think they've got a bit out of hand with these massive bonfires or whatever. So, one on every street corner, the way it used to be, and there was no bother whatsoever. Lovely stuff, Stan. Very well described. This was Stan uh, once in the future. Pammy, was the one on your street corner? There, there wasn't one on the street corner, but they were all over the place. And you used to drive around and look at the ponies. It still did. We actually did last year as well. You know, they, they really are. You know, it's a spectacle. And I have to admit, driving up to the top of the Castlereagh Hills to look down on them, they really, it, it, it is quite a, quite a spectacle at night. Um, and and it, it, it's 
quite amazing. Thank you should you. be in the diplomatic department, girl. <laughs> You think so? That was, was a fine answer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I see you're dressed for for TV, obviously, as you are on a on a Friday. Absolutely, it's lovely to be actually looking across the desk at you. Yeah, sometimes yeah. we don't get a chance either to have a yarn on the phone. I know, and can I just say, I know we're going to talk about TV, but uh, that gentleman talking about City, I know it's been a fantastic week for football, but I, the highlight for me was company school. Oh, Simple yes. Ass. But it, so. it, it tended to be forgotten about after, yes, after Liverpool did else. what they did and Spurs did what they did. That's why it was I wanted some to goal, it, because I think that for me has been the highlight. That One of the highlights of my anyway. life, actually, that, and hopefully they will beat <laughs> Brighton and City will be Premier League champions because can you imagine how good you'd be if you end in a league with Liverpool and Spurs further down the league than you are? When Liverpool and Spurs are so good. I think exactly. that encompasses it yes, all. Yes, and let's just not mention West Ham, bless them. Anyway, on tonight's programme, it is quite a diverse programme because I have got everybody's favourite ma, Tara Lynn O'Neill from the Derry Girls, is going to be in chatting about her program, her uh, appearance on the programme, the fact that there's a third series, and also the reason why she cannot go to the BAFTAs, but it's a very good reason, uh, but it's absolutely brilliant that Derry Girls has been nominated for a BAFTA, so uh, looking forward to talking to Tara Lynn. She is, she's one of those actresses that she just can appear in anything because we forget she was in EastEnders all those years ago as well. So she's going to be on the programme. And then a gentleman who, I don't know if you met him, Colin McConville. And he is a singer-songwriter, a former civil servant. He now lives in, uh, was, he's originally from Downpatrick. He's lived uh, across the water in Canada and the States. Uh, and he has written music for a documentary. And the documentary is absolutely fascinating. It's about a soldier, a Canadian soldier who was killed in the Second World War. The family never got his his body back. But finally, after many, many years, 70 years, I think, since he died, his body was repatriated. And it's the whole story. The documentary is the whole story and the coincidences that went to bringing this uh, soldier back to be buried in his home country. And Colm has written a song to go with the documentary called Prairie Thunder, which he'll be performing at the end of the programme as well. And the documentary is called Honouring a Commitment and it is certainly well worth a watch. So it's a, it's a fascinating story. It's a very convoluted story, so it's worth having a look at the documentary. And also Rita will be, uh, she's been out and about talking to a brilliant young man who has written a comic book which is going into primary schools to help kids with autism. Uh, it's about the Uber heroes and it basically explains how we're all the same while we're different. And it's, it's, a, it's a really lovely story and the kids just get it by looking at this comic book and explaining, you know, why, why there's differences between people. And as they, they say, you know, wouldn't, be, wouldn't life be boring if we were all the same? Rita's very fit, isn't she? Obviously, that's not going to show off her fitness <laughs> Where tonight. Where earth did that come it's from? It's just I've been watching her recently. Yeah. If she's not swinging off a rope, she's been climbing yep. a wall. She, she She's in I, gym I, a lot I, and I, I have athletic. no idea, but she does do a lot of walking and she's uh, up and she goes up to your part of the world, up in Donegal as well. And uh, like the rest of us, we do, we do our, our bit. But, but if you were putting together, say, a dragon rowing team for the Lagan, she'd be... She'd be in there in the middle, wouldn't you? Uh, well, she might even be up at the front. Who knows? I, do you remember doing the dragon? Did you do the dragon boat racing? Uh, once, yeah. Yeah, because I, I remember doing it and I thought, oh, I'm going to be the drummer. <gasps> what a big mistake that was. That perilous little seat wobbling backwards and forwards. It was, that was not fun. But uh, no, it, it, she, and she gets some really, really good stories. And that, that's what's so lovely about the programme. There's lots of diversity going on throughout the, the show as well. Are you rolling with the tiger tonight? I am. 
Do you know, I am beyond excited. The little tiger roll, the horse that is just, it's captured the nation's imagination. He's going to be parading at uh, Downpatrick Racecourse. They've named a race after him, the, uh, the Randocks Health Tiger Roll Steeplechase, and that's at 25 past seven. So he's going to be parading after the race. So I'm really looking forward to getting up close and personal. This, to me, I mean, if, if it was a, it, it's a bit like if, if, if company walked into the studio now, you'd be past yourself. I'd get that's, a saddle. It's the, <laughs> it's the equivalent of, of me meeting you, the, my sporting heroes to, to meet Tiger Roll tonight. So I'll be in the, the parade ring with, with Tiger Roll. I'm very excited. First race, I think, at uh, about half past five tonight down at Down Patrick. For those who aren't familiar with horse mm. racing, Tiger Roll is the horse that won the Grand National over the last couple of years. Just in... He's tw- a tiny little horse. I mean, is the, the, Michael O'Leary, Leary, who owns the horse, referred to him when he came into the yard as a wee scrap of a rat because he's just a tiny... And what he's done, he's won the, the Cheltenham... He hasn't won the Cheltenham Gold Cup, but he's won three different races at Cheltenham, including the cross-country, the Grand National twice, and he's just such a wee battler. And Davy Russell is a big lad, and he manages to get this horse over the line with its ears pricked, enjoying every single minute of it. We'll look out for what you're up to tonight, not only on the telly, but on the racetrack as well. We've got the news next.